This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's interesting how certain topics or themes come up in the um, local sample of people who are waking up. Local just meaning local to my experience or what I see. Uh, so YouTube comments, people who directly interact with me and so forth. And it'll often be over a period of a day, uh, a week or two weeks. And it'll be just a certain topic that just seems to come up over and over in various ways. It's, it's really kind of remarkable. Not that there's anything to uh, pull out of it as far as meaning, but it definitely happens. So the flavor of the day is rage or anger. I've had so many comments um, starting a couple about two weeks ago on YouTube about people struggling with anger, anger toward the awakening process, uh, how to work with anger, and then various forms of anger like frustration, um, anger toward themselves, self-judgment, things like that. And I actually made a video about this based on a handful of comments. And the video is about uh, when you get angry at the awakening process itself. Um, I was fascinated by how many commenters that I don't usually see comment respond to that video saying they, they go through this. That this is a big thing for them recently, a lot of anger in their lives, whether it's toward the awakening process or just in general. And um, I mean, so many comments. It was really, it really stood out. It was quite remarkable as far as what I usually see. Um, and they're still coming. So I thought it might be a good um, time to do a talk and sort of follow up to that. I don't remember exactly what I addressed when I made the video, but I do remember the overall flavor of it. And I think uh, as far as when we get frustrated with the awakening process or even angry at it, Um, I think it's important and helpful to remember that the anger isn't new. It it wasn't uh, brought to you by the awakening process. It's, it's become, it's it's being uncovered. It's being revealed and it's being revealed actually through skillful means, through your own means, through a willingness to see what is actually going on inside of you, to put it simply. And what's going on inside of a lot of us is anger. Probably all of us, to some degree, uh, we're going to find anger. So I think that's, that's an important thing to realize, that it's not the awakening process as it hasn't been imposed upon you. It doesn't bring with it a bunch of anger and implant it within you. It simply <laughs> gives you a means to stop living in the dream world of thought and actually see what's going on underneath the surface. And often we're surprised and... Um, dismayed at what's going on underneath the surface in the emotion body and the amount of resistance we have to it. Um, So that being said, 
to address anger in a more direct way. You know, I understand anger. You know, I grew up in a, in a world, in a local environment, but also in a, a broader human environment where I felt tremendous amounts of repressed anger in people around me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, I didn't even recognize it as such because it just was so pervasive that that just felt like what was always there. Uh, I knew it was uncomfortable, but I didn't know there was an option other than that anyway. So I, I didn't really posit, as a child at least, the possibility of not living in that experience. It just felt um, uncomfortable, sometimes unpredictable, kind of suffocating at times, heavy, um, not fun. And interestingly, as the self-structure developed, became more complex inside of me, uh, the conclusion became more and more that there's something wrong with me. Something wrong with me, not necessarily because of a certain interaction with someone where there was anger or um, because I felt like I deserved anger, anything like that, more just because I, I suppose I felt a, some deep sense that I, that I could do something about it, maybe, or, or that I had to solve it. If anyone's going to solve it, it has to be me, because these people out here, they're the problem, you know? One, they, they're so asleep to it, you know? Um, at, that, at that age, at least, I, I had no idea there were people who were awake. Um, I don't think I had really interacted with any that I ever remember. So I felt a, just a heavy blanket of shame, repressed anger, probably repressed sadness, repressed everything. Uh, and everyone I interacted with, even the ones that seemed or suggested they had solutions, I knew very clearly that was more of the same. Those solutions were, to put it in John Sherman terms, resting very comfortably right within the problem itself. I knew it. I could feel it. And that added a layer of a sort of combination of desperation and like abject helplessness. So that was not a fun place to be before I heard of awakening. It was miserable. <clears throat> So when I look back at that, the reason I said all that, the reason I'm sharing that, uh, is to relate with anyone who's feeling a lot of anger, that I know why you're feeling it. I totally understand why you're feeling it. You've grown up, many of us, most of us have grown up in an insane world as far as coping mechanisms, as far as how to perceive ourselves, as far as how to work with emotions, how to communicate. It's pretty dysfunctional for the most part. Some people grew up in, in spaces that are incredibly dysfunctional, brutally dysfunctional, violent. And they're completely innocent. Of course you're, you should be angry. You, you should be angry. It's, it's a natural response to that, yeah? 
<clears throat> but often we grew up in uh, these environments where they're unpredictable, dangerous. So instead of being angry, especially as a small child, anger probably is not going to help you, and it may cause you harm. What can help is to become hypervigilant. That's what helps. Keep paying very close attention to the dangerous situations, the unpredictable person or persons, often your parents. To become very hypervigilant to how they're moving, how they're acting, how they're feeling in any given moment. And to be, to be hypervigilant in that way, uh, we learn to hide in a certain sense. We learn to really hide our own stuff, our own. We don't have time for that. We don't have time to feel, feel the anger, feel the sadness, feel the grief, feel the confusion. So we bury it so that we can always be on point, always be paying attention in a very certain way by the way. We're taught to pay attention in a certain way, a very heady way, an intellectual way, um, as well as a, a fearful, empathic way. Not an open, loving, empathic way, but a fearful, empathic way. Because we're empathic, we pick up signs from people. We know when somebody's angry, when somebody's unpredictable, we feel it, right? But, it, but it's built into this sort of blanket defensiveness. Um, a couple of days ago, we talked about the fundamental misperception of separation, pulling back from life just a little bit. So what we're talking about now is when that becomes an identity and it becomes an identity on steroids, like very, very well ingrained in our processing all the time. The good news, if there is any here, well, the best news is you can wake up. And this looks very different from the other side of that. Um, doesn't, doesn't solve the problem fully. Um, but it shows us a very, very different space in which to navigate the problem. Another piece of good news is what was not available to the child. Uh, the ability to communicate anger, or let's just say boundaries. The ability to defend their own boundaries, their emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, and so forth. Um, it wasn't available to the child, but it is available to an adult. It is available to our adult selves. But we have so much unaddressed emotional material that we often just, um, before we do a good amount of work, we often default to the tendencies of the child. To become hypervigilant, to be people-pleasing, to go internal, to avoid. Or, so, and, and with that, sometimes if we have a lot of repressed anger, then what happens is the anger spills out in inappropriate times and in inappropriate ways. It's destructive. So then we're sort of repeating these patterns.
So yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that we have anger. It makes sense also that we've repressed it. All of that makes sense looking at it from the, through the lens of the developmental stages in which it developed and the resources we had and most importantly didn't have at those stages of development. And we actually learn to repress anger in a lot of different ways. People do it in quite different ways. Some do it through work, just working very hard. Um, that might come that might feel like proving yourself, trying to prove yourself. Um, but it's also a distraction. Um, some of us do it through intellectualization. Reading, thinking, debating, even about spirituality, staying heady. Sometimes we do it, a very common one is to do it through substance use or abuse or substance use disorder, however you want to say that. It's a very convenient and effective one for a short time. Of course, the interest on that credit card is very, very high and it gets higher the more you do it. And some very unfortunate people uh, become, because of the, the amount of repression and abuse and, and so forth, they become disorganized. Not just disassociated, but disorganized in life. They can't function well at all. And that's really tragic. Heartbreaking. But in any case, the answer um, can be the same. And that is, all of that, all of the repressed material, all of it is, is available. You can access it. And if you're listening to this, you probably already know you feel inclined to. If it's, it seems intelligent, it makes sense. You see the value in it. Um, and that's the first step to even recognize. Well, the first step is to recognize that this is even going on. Then it's a matter of recognizing that you can address it. You can find ways to access all of that. Uh, and the third is really, it's important and it's, it's to see that um, the way this is accessed is very directly, meaning by not changing it, healing it, fixing it, sublimating it, by going into it directly, feeling it directly. And that's never comfortable. That's the third thing that really has to be sorted out. Or else you become like kind of a spiritual bypasser, talking about love and light and peace and fuzzy bunnies and crunchy granola and all that, but never really feeling, you know. Um, So once we hit, we have that level of maturity of realizing like, yeah, there is a lot here. Now I hear that from people so frequently that someone sent me a message this morning, man, there's so much here. It's so daunting, you know? And I remembered that exact, I remember the moment I realized that <laughs> many years ago, <laughs> when you just really see it like, oh my God, there is so much underneath the surface here. Um, 
There's a lot there. Uh, at the same time, what else are you going to do? Let it control you, you know? Let it, let it make you go unconscious again and again. Distract endlessly. If you're here, that's already uncomfortable. You already know that's just an uncomfortable way to live. It doesn't work. So we go in. We go right into the shadow. And it's not comfortable. It's dark. Dark not meaning evil. Dark not meaning bad. Dark meaning it's hard to find our way in there. It's disorienting. It's opaque. It's hard material to move through for everyone. And even though it's lonely, confusing, disorienting, in some way you're in good company. This is Guan Yin. Bodhisattva of compassion. She hears the cries of the world. So you have help. You have a lot of help. But you won't see it when you're in the darkness. Sometimes you will, but it's a very lonely place. It can be a very lonely, difficult place. But it's where we have to go at some point in this process. That initial insight, awakening, really, really makes it, gives you the space, it makes it possible. Before that, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's not possible, it's certainly possible. But it may just be a matter of luck, <laughs> having the right conditions to have the courage to be able to do that. Um, I couldn't have done it. There's no way without awakening, there's no way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to find it. I was so asleep to it. So when you're in this place, um, when you're lost, suffering, and hopefully you know you don't deserve it, None of this is your fault. But you're called to experience it. You're called to navigate the shadow world. Explore it. This is good work. This is the best work you can do in this lifetime, in my opinion. And my teacher's opinion as well. Dan and Henry.
would say the same thing, I'm pretty sure. So this talk has a different flavor because I really don't have advice other than to tell you this is where you need to go. And when you're here, it's more than okay to be here. It's lawful, necessary. And there are forces that are coming to your aid even when you don't feel it and you don't know it. Many matriarchs and patriarchs have walked this path before you. Spent many years in the shadow. Some talk about it, some don't. A lot of that is cultural lineage. But they've all done it. That, that I'm sure of. So back to anger. Anger is a boundary emotion. It's a, it's a good teacher once we learn to um, listen to it, but not act unconsciously on it. It becomes a very good teacher, a very good guide, a very good um, pole star for our experience, for our unbinding experience. Um, But the, the beautiful thing about this is as heavy as the shadow is, can be, dark, disorienting. When we've met it fully with our heart in solitude, um, we don't have to worry about boundaries. The boundaries that were violated so many times, the boundaries that anger is there to tell you, like, pay attention here. This person, this situation is crossing boundaries with you, whatever. Um, once we've gone through those steps I talked about to really inhabit the shadow, then we're safe in the shadow because we are the shadow now. As I said, unseen forces come to your aid. So anger can just be fully felt, fully experienced. Frustration can be fully felt, fully experienced. Confusion can be fully felt and fully experienced, inhabited. Disorientation.
for a long time, we're terrified of the shadow. We're terrified to go there. Once we go there, um, and once we get acclimatized to the degree that it's even possible, again, as we talked about, it's difficult, it's dark, it's opaque and muddy, it's heavy. But we can acclimatize to that, even. Trust it. And we don't need to know what to do anymore. We don't need to filter what comes in and what, what stays out. Because we're all in it. Um, it's all in us. Like salt thrown into water, completely dissolved into the entirety of all of it. This is the, this is the, um, the lesson of the shadow. Immersion is it, full feeling, whatever's there. No strategies needed, no agendas needed, nothing to fix. And then an intelligence um, naturally arises from that, or a wisdom, let's say, of how to navigate day-to-day -day life. You'll still come into situations where you're very challenged by certain people, circumstances, it'll happen. But you'll notice a different kind of wisdom coming into your experience, and you trust it a lot. And then you realize you can trust it. Others may not understand it. Others may not see it, but they don't have to. This is the wisdom of the shadow, the wisdom of having done shadow work and continuing to do it as necessary. You're always on sacred, sacred ground. This is more, less for people in here in this room, more maybe for some of the people in comments I was describing. But if you find that it's, you just can't get through those first few steps, like it's just too daunting, the anger is too much. You don't know how to work with it or direct it or um, whatever. You can't find your way into the shadow uh, in a way that feels authentic. And that usually comes with being shot up into your head a lot, up into the mind, interpretation, storylines of what, what you're angry about, whether it's the awakening process or your family or whatever. Um, then sometimes getting help may be necessary. There are many forms of help with this and more and more these days. Um, like a, a good therapist, perhaps a therapist who's um, familiar with awakening, circling with a good circling group, somatic practices like TRE, psychedelics with a good facilitator, 
there are a lot of forms of help, but I think sometimes that's the barrier is I don't want help. I want to figure it out myself. I have to figure it out myself. Uh, I know I know that happens with some people because I hear it. Um, and the problem with that is the same motivation that wants wants to sort it out, wants to figure it out, also kind of wants to stay in its own comfort zone. Usually there's a comfort zone thing going on, an, an unwillingness to break out of the way you're seeing things, even though the way you're seeing things is really pissing you off and frustrating you. Um, so finding a willingness to just reach out somehow. Maybe it's just having a one-on-one teacher who's worked through this stuff, non-duality teacher. Maybe it's going to a retreat and exposing yourself to a whole different environment for a week. Um, so there are many forms of help if you can't get traction in what we're talking about here. A couple of practical, this may be more for the public than this room, but practical uh, considerations. If you're in a situation, life situation, where um, you don't feel safe to investigate this, to do this kind of inner work, um, something dangerous, 
give yourself the gift of finding a way out of that, if possible. May not always be possible right now. And if there is a substance or addiction to a substance that's making it so you can't get under this, um, find help. There's help for that. There's help out there, effective help. Paul Hederman has a nice thing he says about this. You know, if your house is on fire, you need to put the fire out first before you do anything else. So if you have you know, an addiction process in your life that's truly destructive of relationships, health, career, all those things, um, you may need to address that first. And you address it by, first of all, recognizing it's a problem you can't control and that you need help. And then looking for help, which is out there. <laughs>